I just fixed my podcast because I work with a lazy sack. Of mm-hmm. It was a special kind of. It, you were you were extra sham. Yeah. Sometimes today you were extra sham. You know, there's levels of sham. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, that the last episode where you're like kind of out of body, where you did some work. I log into the one sheet. The one sheet honestly is like a surprise every time I log into it because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be blank like it was today. Yeah. Or if it's going to have stuff on it like the last episode now i'll tell you yeah i'm usually shocked when it's the last episode the majority of the time it's like today where i log in and there's nothing there yeah i mean uh look i'm a busy guy and i can't continue to carry you on this podcast i just wondering when are you going to carry me at all that's the question i've been carrying you for three years now i've been carrying you the best part i got scoliosis from all the caring i've been doing the best sciatica (laughs) the best part of logging in today was that i told i'm see i made the mistake i told you i was logging in yeah and then we because we should for the listeners we share a document or one sheet is a shared document so he sham can edit it as i'm on i can see his name pop up and he starts editing immediately i tell him i'm logging in i see his name pop up and nothing on the sheet goes to like two or three different things like you're you're you literally are the slimiest slimer ever. That's right. And yeah. podcast. Don't just take your clothes off. Take the problems off. Take the armor off. Take all the drama off. Take all your responsibilities you've been holding down. Going into character. <coughs> it is the two gods and the goose show. I'm leaving that in, man. I am leaving that in. We gotta let him behind the scenes, Sham. Like, get it. See, yeah, but you now, didn't explain and, and what on, happened before on. that. And hold on, as we're starting the show, I get anxiety every show when we start the show because you're muting yourself and you're also in your chair and you sit back as we start the show. So what I see is you're. I'm basically on the raft and you're just and you and you. He sat back again right there, and so you're just literally not gonna help me. So I always the intro is always awkward for me because I'm like, you back up. I start and then you back up, and I'm like. Yeah, but I'm literally giving you content right now, so you're welcome. Uh, did you guys miss us? Jesus Christ. Uh, so we have a, uh, this is what, our NBA Finals preview show? I feel like mm-hmm. during COVID, we said in the beginning, yo, we're going to do more shows. And, you know, our calling card at this point is we're just inconsistent with shows. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, we're consistently inconsistent. But I know, and I, I, I told you this earlier. I really think that a call is coming from SeatGeek and from iHeart and some of our sponsors soon to just be like, "Look, you guys got to do this more often because we're just inconsistent with our shows." And and then I feel like you're going to tell them, but inconsistency sells. I feel like that's your like. He just sat back in his chair again and gave the two finger salute up. Like what I was saying was true. Inconsistency is our thing. How do you? How would you answer to that? When somebody says we need to be more consistent. Well, first of all, SeatGeek is the most inconsistent service right okay, now. Okay, there, no, there no, are no, no, no seats. No, 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 no. There are no, 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 no seats no, to even no. be a geek over. No, so no, like, no, no, no. Like, I, gonna I'm going to give this promo code. Promo code don't Sham. Don't turn off your mic. S-H-A-M. 20 bucks off your first use. But, like, what are you buying right now? <laughs> seats to a virtual festival or seats to a... Uh, you know, seats to watch the the Lakers and Heat play in the bowl, so you can watch them on your computer. Why did you change the accent there? What was that? Like that was weird. That's my like matter of fact. Like I'm a Seat Geek executive, and I'm gonna try to squeeze money out of people. Man, as their as. Seat Geek is gone after this episode. Twenty bucks for what? Like, what are they even selling? Okay, are they stop, even in business stop, still? Stop! 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 Sh- sh- like, should I talk to StubHub? Let's plug iTunes and Stitcher and iHeart. Well, yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Um, because you're not going anywhere anyway in your car, so I don't even know where you're listening to this. Oh, no. But Stitcher too, Android. It's the same story. If you have an Android, great. Uh, you can listen to us there. iHeart, every platform, great partner, love them. SeatGeek, oh, twenty bucks off your first purchase. Promo code Sham. Whenever that'll be, maybe like 2022 or whatever. Is this a show you sync us? Look, I, I'm a man of the people, and ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to promote something that they can't even use. Like, they listen to the show and be like, wow, that, that Sham is a good guy. And, man, it's just so weird <laughs> that he promoted that company that doesn't even exist right now. I, well, first off, they exist. Why don't I promote Los Pollos Hermanos? Or see, why don't I promote, uh, you know, some other made-up uh, fast food restaurant or something else? Like, oh, look at uh, Johnson's Doodads. Let's be, like, have, like, let's have them be a sponsor. 
I wish sometimes that we were on television with this because people could see the listeners could see my reaction where you know we're we're in the boat and our boat's already very small at this point and you're just taking a gun and shooting holes in the bottom of the boat that's in essence what you're doing here i like to say to our friends at SeatGeek who have supported us during a pandemic and stayed supporting us they easily could have bolted at the beginning of the pandemic and they didn't thank you so much for supporting us please ignore sham he's i don't know what he's doing he appreciates you guys so shout out to SeatGeek. it's like he was backed up behind it. You just backed up again. This is going to be... This is. Gonna I'm going to tell you what this show. is like. You know, know how this show's going to go. <clears throat> you have this horse, right? You raise this horse from its infancy. You, you, know, you raise it. You feed it. You exercise it. You ride it. Uh, it's a great horse. does a lot of things for you. But you know what? When that horse isn't giving you what, what you need out of it, and it's starting to like falter, you know, getting a little sick, not seeing the use out of it that you once used to, you take it behind the shed and you shoot it. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, are you saying? Did you just claim that you made SeatGeek what it was? If I go to SeatGeek.com, is there even going to be a SeatGeek? I didn't know how we go out. I don't know how this whole thing. I don't. Oh know wait, how. I guess you can buy seats. I didn't. I, I've always told you I don't know how this circus ends, but I know that it's via <laughs> you. Just so apparently there are some NFL teams the are, and then we get we shoot ourselves so, randomly. I want to apologize to SeatGeek. There are some NFL teams that are selling tickets. <laughs> so I want to apologize. And if you're an NFL fan in one of the markets that do have in fan like have in in person fans and you know that you like you watch the game in person, um, you can use twenty bucks off promo code champ. We have to start the show as we always start the shows. I don't have any confidence with you sitting back in your seat right now. I don't see you drinking anything. You're now scratching your chin. And I have a drink right here. I have no confidence in you. I've lost complete confidence. I mean, I don't have confidence in you normally, but right now I really have no confidence in you. So I'm just going to say this is the part of the show where we check in and ask Sham what's he, what he's drinking. I've been trying to stay hydrated nowadays, you know, because to boost the immune system, you know, make my, make my voice sound radio friendly. <laughs> so it's just some nice ice water. That's it. <laughs> that that's that was what it's answered. Tuesday, bro. I'm not gonna like oh, pound gonna whiskey. Be, it's Tuesday. Show I can already. It's Tuesday. It. Um, so it's just us today on the show, and we're kind of doing just a mini, you know, normal episode. I don't know if it's gonna be the normal length of our, our our typical episodes, and we have no guests today. It's just kind of Sham and I, and we figured we'd do a you know basketball's our calling card with the show, and you know there's a lot to talk about, and we haven't done really any shows since the playoffs have begun. So um, yeah, this is our this is our pre NBA finals um, blowout spectacular. What would be the word that you want to use there, Sam? For this is our our NBA finals, the two gods and the goose NBA finals extravaganza extravaganza. So if we're going to start the NBA conversation for the playoffs and whatever, we have to start because we have to start in only one area because as everyone is familiar, Sham. Um, has an alter ego, the Bad Take Merchant, and shout out to our friend Bobby Quiggles down in New Zealand who created that that nickname. And you've been at it in a special way on Twitter. But before we even get to the the recent stuff, let's revisit our conversation last summer when the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis. And, well, this occurred right here. I think the Lakers are going to be vastly overrated this year. Um, I think... LeBron and AD, while they both are very good, LeBron is also, I think, 35 now or close to 35. Anthony Davis is coming off a year where, let's be honest, he didn't really try that hard. Let's see how he does in the Lakers. And nobody has still addressed the elephant in the room of the supporting cast around the Lakers. Like, besides AD, Kyle Kuzma, and LeBron James, who really do they have? Them not filling that last max spot may have been the best thing for them because... They were able to scrounge together Danny Green and JaVale McGee and then the one-legged DeMarcus Cousins. Imagine if they had a third star and then now they're relying on vet minimum guys, so now they really don't have any any sort of depth. So I think they'll be vastly overrated this year, um, and they may not even make the playoffs, which is my hot take for the year. Yeah, that's absurd. My question for you then is, better team in Los Angeles, the Clippers, or the Lakers right now? Well, I think it's clearly the Clippers. Technically, I wasn't wrong because... <laughs> I, no, technically I wasn't gonna wrong. Du- because, you're going to double down on this? 
Well, no, I, technically I wasn't wrong because I said if the Lakers got that third star, they wouldn't have had the flexibility to make moves to be able to be competitive and be deep of a team to make a run, which I wasn't, I was I wrong about that? Also, I'd like to mention that this also is what you said. If I look at the Lakers in their grand scheme of the Western Conference, I see eight teams better than them. Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, Spurs, Clippers, possibly the Pelicans, who knows what can come out of there. And then Dallas is not too bad, too, with the healthy Porzingis. So, I don't know. It'll be tougher than than I think last year uh, for the Lakers to make the playoffs. I don't even know. Like, what do you even say? Come on, man. Well, all those teams were at the top, right? Like, I I didn't, like, put the Suns up there, you know, or I didn't put the Timberwolves up I there. I think if we pulled audio on that, you would have probably said the Suns and the Lakers were even. Because I similar. I remember you liked Phoenix in the same way I liked Phoenix as a potential sneak into that eight seed thing but you literally stra- i told you last summer they have the two best players if they're healthy healthy they're easily the best team in the western conference and you said not only you weren't even debating the are they one of the best teams in the western conference you said there's a potential and i you literally just heard it that they would miss the play a team with anthony davis and lebron james was gonna miss the playoffs sham yeah i think the key was getting that morris brother so the bad take merchant- also and we're and we're not even talking about the elephant in the room. Like, uh, they are playing in a to... bubble. They're playing in a bubble. Oh, no, like, we're not going to do that. No, no, they're no, they're playing in a bubble. And of course, there's no fans. There's no drama. There's no traveling back and forth. It's it's like of course, like they're they're gonna they're gonna have this asterisk by their championship because they all played <laughs> in a bubble. And you know, had there been no pandemic, and there were no break in action, which allowed for LeBron James to heal up over the season. See, because I did mention he's 35. I don't think they would have done as well as they did this time around. He tapped the, just so everyone is aware, he just tapped the desk and pointed his finger in the air like he made a significant, he just did it again, like he made a significant point. You were so off on that. And watching you just grasp his straws right there, I it instantly hit me. Like, that is probably what Skip Bayless does every morning on his show No One Watches. That's one of your worst takes ever, and we're going on knowing each other many, many years now, going on three years of doing this show together. And, and honestly, everybody misses on their takes every once in a while, but I don't think I was that far off, and that was literally the only bad take I had this entire time. So, like, uh, that That's a <coughs> great set. Thank you for doing that. That's, that is a radio uh, handoff. Because now we will re- we will visit Sham's Twitter account at Sham Sham God on Twitter, and also I'd like to let you guys know he is doing the ESPN around the horn thing where he has the dress shirt on, but basketball shorts on. And when I st- when we started this episode, he was buttoned up all the way to the top. Now he's dropped about three buttons on the dress shirt, um, so that's uncomfortable. Uh, but we went on to Twitter, and this was picked up in the first round. Miami was facing Indiana. And I had mentioned Boston. I liked Boston to win the East, but I think my tweet was, I like Boston to win the East, but the Miami, I could see the Miami Heat winning with some things going their way. Sham then decides to grab that, and it was instantly after it was tweeted, so no thought behind it, and responds that Miami will not even make it out of the first round. So just to rehash, the Lakers were a, a – there was eight teams better than the Lakers. They won the Western Conference. And then the Miami Heat, who were not even going to make it out of the first round, won the Eastern Conference. The NBA Finals now are the Los Angeles Lakers against the Miami Heat. First of all, that's complete fake news. If we're going to go off Twitter, you can go and look. If you, if you search on the search bar, Sham Sham God, Miami Heat, there's a tweet that I tweeted that says, I've always believed in these Miami Heat since day one. Yes. Since day one, this I was, have been. This was tweeted. And he since just day his, one, he just, I have okay. been. Yep. A heat like her. So I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on social media. Um, hold on. So I just took a picture. We're going to post this on our social medias. He put on um, he put on sunglasses. He had his aviators on and he just grabbed a cigar. He has a cigar in his mouth now. He dropped a button, one more button on his shirt. Now, he, and the shirt is incredibly tight. Um, so you're a heat so, lifer now. You know, yeah, I'm a heat lifer, and you know, I've always believed in Jimmy. But let's look at your Twitter, okay? Let's look at your Twitter. I, you know, you pull some receipts. I can also pull some receipts. Keith, Keith at NV 23 
I'm here for Jimmy calling Dion and Hassan lazy publicly while getting 32 a night after he was at live till 6 a.m. on a 38 and 44 Heat team. Can you Keith, the, can you from, read the date? Can you read the date on that tweet? From from at envious zero two three. Take your take your see yourself out, fam. Bam. So you're already knocking Bam at a bio before even anything. Okay? And oh, and then since we're talking about the Lakers too, let's go back to your old tweet. Oh, Keith, at NV023. Lakers are a hot garbage right now, though. LOL. Okay? So <laughs> no, let's just there. let's pump the brakes here on our bad takes, okay? Yo, you are st- and the music's still playing and he just backed up in his seat. He put the cigar in his mouth again. Please don't put your feet up on the table. Please don't do that. Like that's Thank you. And and this guy, he has a cigar in his mouth. So at this point, I, you know, I don't know that anyone's been as wrong. When I when I posted your tweet again just kind of re-upping it through each round of the playoffs, everyone's response, please don't dance. Everyone's response was just horror. Like it was one of the worst takes ever. So I've always the, believed in these heat. I've, so I believed in Spolstra. I believed in Heat. And you know what? I even predicted on that show. If you go back and listen to the the the, the audio that Keith pulled, I predicted that there would be an Antetokounmpo and a Leonard in the finals. And look, boom, we have it. So at this point, the question really becomes. And this is something I thought of when I saw the Miami Heat thing, and I'm, I'm seeing your bad takes after bad take, and, I, and I'm going, is, this, is being wrong your calling card at this point? I wouldn't say being wrong is my calling card. I would say being entertaining is my calling card. Is it entertaining to go and say, oh, the Lakers are going to be the number one seed? Why did you change the vote? Oh, because LeBron James always is the number one seed. What you know? is this voice What fun again is you're that? Doing right now? What's the voice? Why did your voice That is the, the, the typical, like, oh, I'm going to use my PIPM stat, and I, oh, you know, that's, so the defense of rating, and LeBron James is going to be the Hold on, so that's dope. your Duncan Smith voice is what you're saying? That's my Duncan Smith voice. So, you know, <laughs> you have to look at the PIPM that LeBron James has when he's on the court, and you know what's crazy? When he's sharing with Anthony Davis, he's a minus PIPM, but then if you look at it, when he shares the court with Avery Bradley, well, actually, <laughs> it's like 1.5% higher. If you do <laughs> like, hey, look, I'm entertaining. That's my calling card, okay? All right, so are we doing? I know you had mentioned on. Okay. <laughs> he dropped back in his chair, hit the music again. Is I know you had mentioned on your Twitter, because you're always saying you're going to eat things. That's like your thing. So you'll eat a tweet yeah. or you'll eat paper yes. or we've done, and we missed it this year with the 4th of July and blame it on COVID. Hashtag yeah. blame COVID. Mm-hmm. Usually you do you you do the eating contest thing on the 4th and make yourself sick. But I saw you yes. mentioned, and I don't remember the exact context, but I saw you mention on social media that you were you were talking about eating something again. What does that relate to? And shouldn't there be a consequence with this heat Laker takes, these heat and Laker takes you had? Um, no, there should be no consequence with the Heat Laker takes because I was right on both of them. I predicted an Antetokounmpo and Leonard finals. It happened. Um, I predicted an LA and then East Coast team finals. It happened. Um, so uh, I, what I, I was wrong about was I predicted Lakers in four in the last round against the Nuggets. And I said, I was so confident in that that I said, for every point the Nuggets score in their win, if they win, I'll eat one chicken nugget. Are we doing this so we're going to eat these nuggets on the Halloween episode, which is going to be our next episode? So I have to eat 10 nuggets. Okay. So 10 nuggets. Gonna... That's nothing. 10 nuggets. A okay. 10 piece. Reminder, this guy is the guy. Two two apple pies. Psh, easy. Done. Half, oh, t- half come on. Pie. 10 nuggets. I can... Half a pie. I can... I'm just... Look, I'm not sham. I am not... I think I can even fit 10, 10 nuggets iron... in my mouth at once. What that You said iron stomach before. I have never seen you have an iron stomach. Uh, you've eaten paper. You were then um, sick for about a week afterwards. Uh, These are you ate nuggets, hot dogs. Though. You said you were going to eat thirty hot dogs. You ended up with eating not ended up eating eight or nine hot dogs. And then again, you said no, you know, no two pies, no problem. First pie, and I believe we had our friend Nikias on with us, um, Nikias Duncan, on that episode. And you mm-hmm. were sick by halfway into the first pie. So I think I'll be able to finish ten nuggets like about as quickly as the nuggets were bounced from the playoffs. I guess we start with the NBA finals, the Lakers and the Miami Heat. And of course in the year when we're all stuck inside, it's an LA versus Miami NBA finals. There's tons of storylines with this matchup. 
But let me just throw it to you first. Your initial thoughts on this NBA Finals matchup. It's just like, it's so unfortunate that this these two teams managed to match up in a bubble as opposed to actually being like a normal NBA Finals because you could not have asked for two better cities to be involved right. in the NBA Finals, right? Like Miami and LA. And the storyline too is like, Okay, if if Miami wins, they've now won championships without LeBron, with LeBron, and then against LeBron. Because everybody was saying that Miami had only won those two championships in in the in the in the 2010s because of LeBron. But now that speaks to the brilliance of Eric Spoelstra, where he's he's able to if he wins, he was able to beat the guy that supposedly dragged him to the final, like you know, dragged him to two rings. Going to beat him for his own ring without him. The storylines are super neat. Yeah, there's tons of storylines. There's the, you know, LeBron versus the Miami Heat, LeBron versus Riley, and we know how that happened at the end. And, you know, um, people forget, and you're not old enough, but, you know, Pat Riley was the architect of the Showtime Lakers, and he has history, and he was Mr. Laker for so many, so many years. So I guess the question with the series, when you talk about specifics, betting lines, literally everyone so far you look at the talent and you go, okay, this is going to be a Laker route. Is this going to be a Laker route, champ? Um, uh, no, because the NBA is rigged. It's going to be at least a six or seven game series. <laughs> so I want to talk about, and we'll, we'll talk about the Miami Heat. I want to touch on Spo in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about LeBron's greatness because this is a n- another trip to the NBA Finals. This will be his 10th NBA Finals appearance. Um, you know, at, at this point, and we, we talked about it, when, you know, t- 2016 was... You know, the moment when, for me, he jumped to being the best player ever. It's undeniable at this point that he is the best player for the longest amount of time, as he's now, I believe, in year 17. Um, but, again, you know, um, 38, 16, and 10 in the closeout game, um, his 27th playoff triple-double, not double-double, triple-double. Um, like I said, 10th NBA Finals appearance. He's now 38 and 10 in closeout games, which is the best ever. Um, you know, for comparison, Michael Jordan, 30 and 13, the late Kobe Bryant, 32 and 16, Tim Duncan, 35 and 10, LeBron James, 38 and 10 in closeout games. Um, he's now led three different teams to the NBA finals. Um, and no one's ever won a, a finals MVP with three different teams. And he has a chance to do that. Um, you know, second all time play- playoff per, you, you, I think it's important for us to kind of all marvel and appreciate the greatness that we're seeing because this is something we're never going to see again, Sham. Agreed, but I don't think his greatness is... Like, people have already acknowledged him as either the first or second best player of all time. So, it's not like this championship, and yes, of course, it'll go to his resume as yet another championship, first person ever to do finals, MVP, whatever, whatever. People who are staunch Michael supporters, they're not going to elevate him above Michael because Michael was 6-for-6 six six in the finals. I don't really want to have the MJ-LeBron discussion, period, because like you said, it's either 1A, 1B at this point, and that's the bottom line. So I don't I don't have any problem with people saying Michael 1A, LeBron 1B, whatever. And the 6-for-6 the six six in the finals is... Con- there's context that's needed behind that. My- Michael never won before he had Scotty. You know what I mean? Like, they- well, I know that. But LeBron but once that is took what- Zadrunas Ogowskis and Drew Gooden to the NBA Finals. That Michael Jordan would have never been able to do that. So he, he was never able to do that. I'm with you. He's in straight legacy mode at this point. Um, and there's absolutely think- it can absolutely get better. It just got better. Him closing out and having that type of line in a closeout game. He took over that game against a very. Um, you know, the, the Nuggets were a team that fought, man. Their calling card was, mm-hmm. we're going to fight, being down 3-1 twice. And, you know, the fight that that team had, that, was, that wasn't that was an easy feat for the Lakers. I know they did it in five, but there was a lot of superstar at the end of the game. Anthony Davis hitting a game winner. Mm-hmm. and LeBron. But what LeBron did in that closeout game, that is, that is legendary status right there, what he did. Totally. But I think, like, in LeBron's Cleveland title, that meant a lot to LeBron to bring a title to Cleveland. And it, it cemented his legacy in that way. Winning his first two titles in Miami, that cemented his legacy there. I think this, if he wins a title in L.A., I think this title means more for the Lakers than it does LeBron. And you can, you can argue that. I think it's, it's some, this is probably with no family there. I know he hasn't had his family there. 
you know, I know this bubble is no home court. This is, this is, there's no asterisks even close on this. This is the most valid NBA title that has ever been won, period. It's straight basketball. I think it's important in this, in the span, especially in the year we lost Kobe, to really, you know, they always love to say the saying of giving the, the, the our legends the roses when they're still around, you know, because, mm-hmm. And I think it's important because this is just another level of greatness that he's hit with this series and winning another championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's and look at their route. I mean, and and, and people said beforehand, well, he can't do. He did in the East, but he was facing. It was the Eastern Conference, and in this round, took out Dame and CJ in five games. He took out the Houston Rockets in five games, and he took out the Denver Nuggets in five games. So. This is this is as impressive. Look, that Cleveland title is going to always stand alone because that's his city. That's what he grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, he he grew up there, and he he him bringing that to the city was what he wanted on day one in two thousand and three. That was his goal. But this one is is and the and the ramifications around it. And you mentioned it meaning a lot to the Lakers in a year when they lost Kobe. Um, the story will be f- fantastic. So. And I, I just want to, you know, I think it's important that we salute him in moments like this because he hit another level so far. And if he closes this out, it's going to be just another level of greatness on his resume. Yep. So I, I, I want to also talk about the Eastern Conference champions because this is a fantastic story in itself. And um, everyone knows I live in Miami. Um, this has been a team I, I've I've watched. I know we both, to be fair to you, we both were you know, pretty hot on them last summer when we did, you know, we had, you know, made our predictions for the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, we both talked about Jimmy coming to Miami and there were questions about Jimmy's leadership. There are other questions in the past, but that culture, we use that word. They use it a ton down here, but we, you and I have used that with various teams and you've lived in Miami. You know how this, you know, how this team functions and the, and the culture and the system they built here with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, and we're both obviously massive Eric Spolstra fans. I think the Miami Heat, the, the, the most commendable thing about them is they never, in their six years of losing since being you know in the finals, they never once bottomed out. Not once. They always put a competitive team on the floor. Always. And because of that, they created a culture in which Jimmy Butler came into, and this made that th- that whole environment thrive. I I, I think there it's different than what the Lakers did because the Lakers essentially assembled this team to be in the finals. Right. The Heat developed Duncan Robinson. They developed, uh, you know, Goran Dragic really made his mark in Miami. Um, he's a very underrated piece of that of that whole puzzle, and I and I don't think he gets no credit for what he does, but. Um, it, it's that whole culture and the way that Spolstra has created the system in Miami allowed them to be great. No question at all. Um, you know, you have to really take your hat off to to Pat Riley and to Eric Spolstra. And this is, you know, I mean, we're going from they lost LeBron James and Chris Bosh six years ago and they're back in the NBA finals right now. I mean, that that is. That is unprecedented. That is something that we in sports in general don't see. And it's because of the culture and it's because of the, the what they built here in Miami. And, you know, it's 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 mind boggling to me. You know, I, I've seen it thrown out there and, and this is going to be a sensitive topic for you and I, obviously. But I've seen some mentions about a certain Detroit Pistons team in 2004 as far as being a team team. You know what I'm saying? Being a, a a team that no one really looked at yep. as oh they're a you know superstar block you know because you we would argue that Jimmy is a great player would we label him a superstar I don't know that we put him as a superstar he's definitely an all star he's whatever but that superstar class I don't know that every I'm just all my point is I don't know that everyone would say that's consensus but they've like you said they've developed they've drafted Duncan Robinson and you know, Tyler yeah. Hero like Jesus um, Bam you know. The decisions they've made just to be in the NBA Finals six years after losing LeBron James, after using the losing the best player in the world, arguably ever, they're in the NBA Finals six years later. That is absolutely a testament, completely to Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley and what this that team has built there, Sham. Absolutely. You know, with the Miami Heat, I've said for years. Um, you know, whenever I go see my team play them here in Miami, I'm always like, even when they've struggled, I'm always like. I've never seen a team work harder. They don't take any plays off. They work hard every single possession, mm-hmm. and you don't see that a lot in the NBA, night after night. 
And mm-hmm. again, that's Eric Spolster. That's Pat Riley. That's getting the right guys in that locker room. Think about what the Miami Heat have done, and you see this with good franchises. Think about what they've done to Jimmy Butler's name and what what we think of when we first look at Jimmy Butler, where a year ago it might have been different. Now you're looking at him like leader, took a team to the NBA Finals. You know They can't say enough about how good of a leader he is in that locker room. So that speaks to the organization. So I mean, there could not have been a more perfect fit for Jimmy Butler in the league. Yeah. It, it didn't work out anywhere else. And he was being blamed in Minnesota and and in Philly for being a bad teammate and for having a negative, bringing a negative culture in the locker room. But then you look and see like what he's doing in Miami, and uh, and I'm not sure if you've seen it on Twitter or not, but he's really been like supporting Tyler Hero in the bubble. They've grown really close, and you can mm-hmm. tell that they have because their team basketball has gotten better, and Tyler Hero's confidence has gotten better. It, it could have been so easy, rookie. Playing big minutes for a playoff team, it's so e- it would have been so easy for him to just be a rookie mm-hmm. and not perform up to up to par, but he's excelled and succeeded because of the values that the Miami Heat and then also Jimmy Butler have instilled in him. I think he needed the Miami Heat just as much as Miami Heat needed him. Yeah, but we talk all the time about fit. That's a big part of sports and you know sports in general. And I don't think people talk about that enough, but. But it's very apparent right now because yeah, but he's, you you look he's at lighting Jim, it up in the playoffs. Yeah, he looks like a, a bona fide superstar in the making, like no question. You Those know. are Ginobili, uh, absolutely. And and to see him doing this at this young of age, and then you look at the 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 cap situation in Miami. I mean, they're they're they still have money for another another big superstar to add to the to the equation. Their future mm-hmm. is is beyond bright. You know, their core, their. They're guys, and I think this is a com- this is a legit conversation. When you get back to the Lakers, Miami, you go, and and most people at this point go, okay, well, the NBA playoffs and especially the finals, the superstars, the team that has the be- the two superstars, that's the team you have to like more because we know this is a superstar uh, game in the playoffs, even more than in the regular season. But my counter to that is the Lakers have the best two guys, but three through ten. It might not even be close that the Heat have the better three through ten guys, and and especially the way they're playing and the confidence they have right now going through mm-hmm. you know what has been an impressive way to the East to to the NBA Finals through the East for the Miami Heat. It's you can argue that man, so that plays into the equation with this. And I, and I think one of the things that really people aren't considering enough in all of this is the fact that Spolstra is such a great coach, but yep. he's a great coach, does a lot of research, a lot of video stuff. Um, but also, he has coached LeBron. He knows how to game against him because he he's knows so the familiar weaknesses. with him. He knows the fam- he there knows may be the weaknesses. only a couple weaknesses, but Spo knows them. He knows them, and I really and he studies film to a point where he knows how to expose people, you know, people's weaknesses, um, and make them look worse than they are. Look at look at what happened with Giannis. I've lived in LA before living in Miami. I have a ton of Laker fans. I friends. I've told them. Spo, you jump in that series, he automatically because he he is literally what we may perceive as a superstar difference between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. The coaching difference is the exact same difference between Spo and and Frank Vogel. Um, so I, you know, to wrap this to put a bow on this NBA Finals thing, you know, I think that my gut is going to say the Lakers are probably going to do this with LeBron James. I think it's just you know he's that you know he's the best ever, and 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 it's going to be very tough to claw this championship away from him but if this thing ends up in six or seven games i don't think anybody that has a reasonable view on 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 the miami heat and it's watched the miami heat play would be surprised at all man because they they are going to show up they are not going to be intimidated they have not been intimidated thus far and i'm i think this is going to be a great finals man mm. no i agree it, it'll be very entertaining and i'm so excited for tomorrow or or when this releases yeah, we'll the put the, of, we're recording know. this on Tuesday. We'll put it out Wednesday. So before game one, we hope everyone listens to it. But yeah, game one yeah. is tomorrow, Wednesday. So I mean, just to wrap up and put a bow on everything, um, what are your predictions? Oh, so we're doing. For... We're going to do prediction. I didn't know if we were going to dance around that. Uh, yeah. So what are your predictions for these finals? I'm going to go. I, again, I'm not surprised if this thing goes seven because of the Miami Heat and the and the and I I believe in the Miami Heat a ton, but I'm going to stick with the superstar power. I'm going to stick with. Um, LeBron James just being that guy, um, and I'm gonna go Lakers in six. What are you gonna? 
Uh oh, he's putting okay, he's putting the sunglasses back on. This is going to be he's putting the cigar back in his mouth. He put it in the wrong way first, but now he has we have it correctly. Okay. I got the heat in seven. Wow. And he sat back in the chair. I always believe in him. Two gods and a goose. Wait, uh, a goose? Is this right? This is the two gods and a goose show. So uh, we need to get to some other stuff in the bubble, obviously. Um, we can't go anywhere but the Milwaukee Bucks. They were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and you mentioned Giannis a minute ago. They go out in the second round to you know the eventual Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat. They go out in a in a whimper, basically, you know, in five games, and it was really close to being an actual sweep. So many questions around the Milwaukee Bucks. Your initial thoughts on that before we get into the meat and potatoes of Giannis, what were your thoughts on that series? It showed off the brilliance of Eric Spolstra in that series against Miami, and and how good how good he schemed against them, and it exposed a lot about not Giannis but the team around him. I think because Giannis, you knew what you're going to get. A good defensive guy, a guy who can get to the rim, whatever. And you know he can't shoot. And the Miami Heat made him try and shoot. And it was it was it was incumbent upon everybody else around him to make sure that that weakness wasn't exposed. And I, and I and I genuinely feel like if they had a good point guard, that they would have beaten the Heat. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point the question needs to come up and I think it's very valid the question about can Giannis be a top option on a title team and I I don't think anything I don't think that answer can be anything but no at this point um as you said he is a guy that we know what he is he's a very good defender if the team runs he's dangerous but the running running gun is not the postseason the postseason is more half court Giannis cannot he is basically worthless outside of five feet from the rim I don't know what Milwaukee does moving forward because you really would need a a top tier dude next to him that that is able to do all the things he's not able to do for this to work in Milwaukee. I think he just needs a better point guard because I I I think if he had, I know um you know like the Thunder are are going down the rebuilding route now finally, if they're able to get CP3 on that team, I genuinely think that is an Eastern Conference Final team minimum. Yeah, I I think if Chris Paul. And again, jumping through the hoops to make that happen is is certainly a feat. If you get a guy like Chris Paul, that definitely would change, I think, everyone's views on Milwaukee and kind of how they view him. I would tend to agree with you at that point. You know, but it has to be an impact dude like that, a guy that literally, and we saw what what Chris Paul did with Oklahoma City this year. It has to be a guy like that because... It's it's it. Otherwise, it's not going to. You can't plug and play. They plugged and play with Middleton, who's been an All Star with Bledsoe. Um, but it has. I think at this point, for them to take that next step to get over that hump and to truly be a contender, it has to be a Chris Paul. It has to be somebody like that. And then you with Chris Paul, you go all right. But the age is 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 also plays into the equation, and it and it doesn't fit with Giannis. So like somebody a lot like of that caliber, like who's able to create their own shot, run an offense properly. It has to be a Chris Paul. It has to be a dude that literally moves the needle my second thought to that is you're talking about a regular season mvp that is not a top guy in the postseason he you could argue and and i had this conversation with many people on social media he's not even a top 10 guy in the postseason so far Mm. does that reduce the regular season mvp in your eyes because the, the regular season mvp you're talking about lebron james getting 16 first place votes for the regular season mvp I understand mm-hmm. difference between the regular season post game postseason, but does that kind of diminish the award to and we're not taking anything away from Giannis during the regular season. And Giannis in general, he's a very good basketball player, but the postseason is a half court game. It's way different than the regular season. Does that diminish that MVP, that regular season MVP award to you in any way? No, but I do feel like they need to have an intermediary award between the regular season MVP and a finals MVP. Because there are people who played extremely well in the playoffs for their team that would, if there were such an award, mm-hmm. would get it. Devin yeah. Booker is an example. Dame is an example, right? Yeah. LeBron, in this case, would be an example of that. Right, 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 right. But I don't think it takes away anything that what he did in the regular season because if you look at what he did on both sides of the ball during the regular season, I think he was absolutely deserving of every vote that he got. No, 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 a- absolutely. Nothing taken away from Giannis, but you know how this is. You know how sports are in general. This is a win and do it in the postseason type thing. And at this point, if you're Giannis, 
you're looking at history and non-shooters that turn into shooters. There's not a long list of those guys. So the fact that we haven't seen any growth with that in a few years, it's just it's one of those things where you go, you're a franchise player, but you can't you can't take us to the promised land unless we get other franchise players around you. Mm-hmm. And in a market like Milwaukee, that could be a tough thing to for them to do, Sham. Right. Um, I want to transition to the West Coast because there's definitely a Milwaukee of the Western Conference. No question, that would be the Los Angeles Clippers who just pretty much clippered it. That's pretty much the only way we can say, you know, what happened to them. They fall to the Denver Nuggets uh, in the second round. They don't even make it to the the Western Conference Finals. We all had, pen, you know, penciled in since last summer. Uh, they fall short to Denver, as I said. Doc Rivers is fired. You're looking at a terrible playoffs again for Paul George, who was supposed to be the number two guy. Mm-hmm. There were struggles with Kawhi Leonard. There was struggles about the the locker room. There was fit questions with everybody. A team that we looked at in the beginning of the season and went, oh, yeah, this team is constructed really well, turned out to not really work down the stretch. Where do you – what do you take away from the Clippers? What were your feelings on, you know, their falling apart in the bubble? I think we need to start coming back to reality and all of our opinions about Paul George because I think – for a long time, people were elevating him way above what he actually is. And every playoffs, it seems like it's clockwork. Since the, in- since the Indiana-Miami series, every single playoffs after that have just been awful for him. Just, just been a completely different player, not a superstar at all. Like, whatever you thought about Jimmy Butler previously, before this year, is what, um, is what Paul George actually is. A locker room, not a locker room guy, folds under pressure, bad in the playoffs. Those are all Paul George's attributes right now. And he's a good player, but maybe we need to reevaluate who's a superstar and who's not nowadays. And he's gotten now, this is now his third coach that he's gotten fired. So instead of calling him playoff P, let's call him layoff P. <laughs> Well, listen, it's for sure you can't label yourself as playoff P or the things he's labeled himself as and go out and hit the side of the backboard a couple times and close out games in the playoffs. Yep. I think us reevaluating that has is definitely something we should do. Um, but again, you compare him to a Jimmy Butler, and Jim, if I can say Jimmy Butler is not quite a superstar, he's an all-star, but he's not quite a superstar. If you have him, If you have Jimmy Butler in that tier then where is Paul George? Because for me, he would be well below that. So you look at this Clippers team again that was constructed to win a championship. Those deals are two-year deals. Kawhi now has one more year on his deal. And the worst thing for the Clippers is they clippered it. This is a team that has, you know, had a history of doing this. This is what they've always been. They've been a punchline in that team in that in that city forever. And so when Doc Rivers got there and you had the Blake Griffin, the Chris Paul, et cetera, they never were truly a contender. They never, you never thought, oh, this is going to win a championship. But they certainly took a team that was a punchline and made them into something that people took serious. And they were very fun to watch. And they kind of made the Clippers a cool thing. But now this, which is anything, you can't explain it in any way, but saying it's a colossal failure. And now you fire Doc Rivers. And... Now you really look if you're the Clippers and you go, all right, well, the Western Conference is only getting better. You know, you you now see Houston will have a change and the Lakers are going to be around and the Golden State Warriors are coming back next year and Portland looks crazy and now they're healthy and Denver's not going anywhere. And and, and then that's not even including the the, the small, you know, the Phoenixes who was un, were undefeated in the bubble and the Pelicans with Zion and all these young teams that are potentially coming up. If you're Steve Ballmer at this point, what do? How do you go forward? What is the forward path with the Los Angeles Clippers, Sam? Well, you do one of two things. The first thing, the, the first option is Kawhi only has one year left. He's come to this under so many stipulations. Oh, I want Paul George to be there. Oh, I want, I want all these things to be in place when I'm there. You give Kawhi whatever the hell he wants, whatever coach he wants, put him in, whatever, whatever Kawhi wants, give it to him, because right now, especially if the Lakers win this championship. The Clippers are looking like an absolute donkey. Yeah, I mean, the the worst case scenario for the Clippers, aside from losing, is the Lakers winning. You're in a building where you have to go up and cover their championships, and 
and it this is the this it's embarrassing. Is, this is a nightmare nightmare scenario if you're the Los Angeles Clippers. But my argument is they're kind of capped on what they can do this offseason. Um, having those two, two two you know max deals on uh, you know on their cap, and then we're we're also kind of we don't know quite how the cap A is going to look next year, how the season's going to look, etc. This is a time for me. I, I this is the the this is a time I would definitely not want all the qu- questions the Clippers have because there's already uncertainty in the market, and and I just don't. And you're working on a one year deal with Kawhi where. There's just so I, I don't know how to go forward. Well, it doesn't matter. It does not matter though. For for a guy like Kawhi of Kawhi's caliber to say, "Hey, I'm going to come to the Clippers for the chance to win a championship and I'm going to like he's he was a top 3 player in the league. You to have that guy on your team, you have to do whatever it takes to keep him happy and keep him around or if you're not going to do that, start packing your bags and go to Seattle because because it's going to be incredibly embarrassing to continue to be in LA not win a championship with a top three player who won a championship the year before with the worst team to be in a in the same stadium as a team who just won the championship, and especially with how boisterous the Lakers fans are. Right, you absolutely. might as well just start packing up and yeah, go to yeah. Seattle. Absolutely, and there's so much. There's there. You make a lot of sense on the Seattle thing, and we'll get to that at another time. But I know you wanted to. Uh, we mentioned talking about the Clippers firing their coach. There's been some teams. That have um, you know fired their coaches and they're they're looking they're in the market for a new head coach and this is the area that you love to get into that I tend to not care as much about um, but I'll throw this to you um, I know you wrote on the one sheet you wanted to talk about which head coaching job is the most appealing well I just wanted to talk about it because how often do we see six playoff teams have job openings in one year and. How do you make those teams better with the coaching carousel that goes on? And so the question is like, okay, you have six playoff teams of all different, you know, some are trending up, some are trending down, some have immovable rosters, some don't. Um, like, which is the most appealing out of Sixers, Clippers, Pacers, Pelicans, which I know weren't a playoff team, but they were, you know, in the bubble and whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rockets and Thunder. Which of those is the most appealing to you? I mean, you have to look at the Los Angeles Clippers simply for the fact that they have a top four, top three, top four, top five guy in Kawhi, that those type of guys are needle movers where they are immediately a contender just off of Kawhi. None of those other teams have that guy. It's out of Harden, but Harden is also a different type of – he, he plays mm-hmm. a different type of style, and I think that's going to take a coach to come in and kind of – build a system around him that works to his strengths because we haven't seen his strengths get over that hump yet. Kawhi has won multiple championships. We've seen him lead a team exactly the way he plays to a championship. So I would say the Clippers, the Sixers do nothing to me. They need to, those two stars that they have there on max deals, and they are literally capped out for the foreseeable future. That's a terrible fit. I wouldn't touch the Sixers with a 10-foot pole. The Pacers are... Intriguing, but the Victor Oladipo leaving thing is a question mark. And Miles Turner now too. Yeah, and hovers over them. The Pelicans is a question of what do you think Zion is? That's obviously an intriguing place because of the upside and the and the excitement around Zion. The Rockets again, a James Harden thing. Westbrook is an anti. She, he's a negative impact player. Um, so, it, but he's again stuck in there and they're in a cap thing, situation as well. So that's a tricky spot. And the Thunder, you're looking on the brink of if they don't begin to rebuild now, they're going to begin to rebuild soon. The only reason why I didn't want to choose the Clippers, and it's the same story with the Sixers, and it's the same story with the Rockets, is that you have this immense pressure to do well immediately because you're being brought in as a coach to ascend your team as constructed above what they currently achieved. Now, are the Sixers ever going to achieve more than what they did? Maybe, but... As constructed, maybe not, but you'll be on the chopping block yet again in a year if you don't get there. Mm-hmm. Same with the Clippers, same with the Rockets. I like the Pelicans, and I would choose the Pelicans only because you have a bunch of young guys, you have some time to work with them and then get them to a point. And also, one thing that the Pacers nor the Thunder have, you have a bona fide superstar. You know who that guy is going to be, and you know who that centerpiece is going to be for your team so you can then build a team and offense around that mm-hmm. going forward so i like the pelicans um yeah. no that makes sense for that, that makes, reason fr- from that standpoint that does make sense i think it i guess then the answer to this would probably be better put as 
depends the coach. Because the Clippers situation, you I can I can say okay that is if you're looking at just the next year and the immediate impact, you're like okay you could contend next year. But if you don't win, then you have Ka- Kawhi and Paul George potentially leaving. Mm-hmm. You have no first round picks until what 2028. They have given themselves no flexibility in the future. They are literally the most win now franchise we arguably have ever seen. We haven't seen this before where you have potentially you know six playoff or near playoff like you said with the, with the uh, Pelicans six teams needing a head coach it'll be interesting to see where everybody falls hey this is T-Vibes of TLC and you're listening to two gods and a goose and you know what Mm-mm-mm. y'all ain't stupid like stupid you stupid like stupid like S-T-O-O-O-P-I-D stupid <laughs> alright so it's a condensed version as we said just Sham and I this week so you know what we get to you know how we end each and every show it is a segment we call Ask Sham. It is hashtag Ask Sham on Twitter. Sham, are you ready? He's just stood up. He's dropped another button on his shirt. He's now put his sunglasses back on. Uh, are you ready to do Ask Sham? Let's do it. Let's hit that intro. Yes, ma'am. It's time for Ask Sham. Question number one. Where have you been? I've been out and about, but actually not because I've been at home quarantining. Uh, Sham, have you caught the Rona yet? Not yet, but the Rona's going to try and catch me. Are you still bald? Bald and beautiful, baby. Uh, with all the extra time on your hands, Sham, have you learned to DJ properly, or are you still just pressing buttons? Pressing buttons and raising my hands up in the air. Uh, Sham, how bad are the Detroit Lions going to be this year? Want to know this week. Uh, are you excited for Halloween this year? No, I'm scared. What are you dressing up as on the Halloween episode? Keith. Sham, are you excited about your Miami Hurricanes. Nationally ranked Miami Hurricanes, undefeated, never lost. Uh, Elon Musk said he isn't going to take a coronavirus vaccine, and he said, if you do, you're crazy thoughts. Elon Musk is crazy, and he's a big-time fraud. Have you seen the new zero-gravity heated scorpion chair, and are you going to buy it for your home office, Sham? I think me and my girl tried the new zero-gravity heated scorpion chair last night. Uh, Are you excited about our Halloween show this year, Sham? No, I'm scared. That is Ask Sham, hashtag Ask Sham on Twitter. Uh, that is the episode today. Uh, just Sham and I. We thank Sham and I for being Sham and I. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the next episode, Halloween. I don't know quite what we're gonna do yet, but Sham, let me know before the show today that he's got it. He's got it all handled. Mm-hmm. It's it's all it's all in place. You got a plan in place. No one needs to worry. That's correct. Sure. Uh, Sham, what did you think of this episode? Definitely top ten in season two. Uh, it's season three. <laughs>